Alright guys, welcome back to Better Left Said. So, I'm Will. I'm Luke, also known as Ransom. And we've got a lot of really good stuff for you, so we're just going to go ahead and jump in. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the economy and games, and pretty much why we have an economy at all. So, I'll let you take it away, Luke. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really into a game called Albion Online, which has kind of a closed-loop, player-based, um, player-driven economy where, you know, the players harvest the resources, they craft the materials, they sell it to everyone. Everything in the game is made by players. And I don't know how they do it, but the, the people who make the game have to deal with making a fun game, but also have to deal with making an economy that um, is healthy, you know, um, they have taxes and everything, um, you can set up shops and set your rates and things like that, but it got me wondering, because the game is built on loss, right, so in order to keep the economy healthy, you have to keep buying things, and when you die, usually you lose all of your stuff in most parts of the game, um, and so in general, you know, as you lose things, other people gain things. Um, and it got me, you know, thinking philosophically, like, you know, is this how an economy should work? When we think of a healthy economy, generally we think of, you know, consumerism, people buying a lot of things. But, um, you know, what is the purpose of an economy? And, uh, like, how, how should that purpose, you know, What's the best way to fill out that purpose, whether it be literally no regulation, freehand capitalism, or something else, maybe. Um, but I, I know Will here studied uh, uh, economics in college, so I thought I would Ooh, pose now, him the question. Oh, no, so now I have to give like a, a very thoughtful answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I guess my thing is, you know, like is like we've seen in the past decades and decades the top one percent the top ten percent becoming richer than anyone in the history of the earth compared to the average person and how how do we address that in a logical manner that doesn't is it isn't like you know break out the guillotines and distribute all their wealth <laughs> Yeah, which so I, is, I feel like some people may joke and say well, that's what we should do. Yeah, I don't think we should do that. Um, <laughs> but so this is something I've been hearing a lot of people talk about um, quite a lot. But like, uh, especially like the billionaires, right? Like these people mm -hmm. that have a billion dollars. Like, why do they have a billion dollars? You can never spend that much money, right? And I actually don't have an issue with billionaires. So. Here's why. Yeah. So whenever you are a billionaire, right? Let's just take the average billionaire. I'm pretty sure they're not just burying their money like in their backyard, right? <laughs> right? So if they're not doing that, then they must be doing something with it. So whether it's in like some sort of investment or if it's in the bank, it's doing something, right? So let's take the example of it's being in a bank. So when it's in a bank, that money is being loaned out. So you know how you have your savings account and your checking account? Um, your savings account is going to be primarily, it's used for saving. You're not supposed to spend that as often. 
but your checking account, this is money that you're expected to pay your bills with and money just freely flows in and out. But whenever you have your savings account, a bank is going to use that money to loan it out to other people. So whenever you go in for like a student loan, a car loan, home loan, business loan, like any kind of loan, yeah. they're using all of the uh, their customers, uh, consumers, they're using all of the money in the, like the aggregate amount of money in the savings accounts, and they're using that to actually distribute that out for loans. So if someone has a billion dollars, I would say that a large portion of it is actually being put into these loans, which is being able to be used by other people. Mm-hmm. So it's good for investment. And I yeah. Don't, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think where people also don't really understand, and I, I, I've come from a tax accounting background. And so when I hear about um, like wealth tax, uh, a big mm-hmm. part of, you know, the tax world is having, you know, what we call wherewithal to pay the tax. So, for what's, example, what's that? so wherewithal is basically saying, like, if I if I had a stock and it appreciated a thousand percent and say I am say I'm kind of poor and I invest into, you know, this unknown company called Apple. And all of a sudden, Apple gets really huge. And then I have this stock that has gained, you know, you know, thousands and thousands of value. The IRS isn't going to come and tax that value, right? Because you don't have wherewithal to pay that tax. Like maybe that tax is more than you own in any mm-hmm. cash account or so that means you would have to liquidate your investment or liquidate some other sort of asset to pay the tax. So and and maybe that's also like uh more of an issue with kind of like we want to be as fair as possible for people who are on the poorer end, right? Because we don't want to unnecessarily burden them and put them in a worse position. Then they cannot, you know, continue to contribute to, you know, the economy and, uh, and tax, tax dollars in the future. Right. So we, we, mm-hmm. we don't want to like punish people for things that they uh, can't pay for, but most, you know, high paid executives get paid in stock options. Right. Like most of uh, um, Jeff Bezos, right? Most of his wealth is stock in Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're gonna pay, and sometimes these 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 billionaires, they don't have a lot of cash. They oh yeah, they get paid. Um, I mean, they get paid like a probably millions, right? But compared to the stock they receive, the stock in the company, which, you know, could be zero tomorrow, right? If they found out mm-hmm. that Amazon was committing fraud and that they actually were super in debt, you know, Amazon could drop to zero and then Jeff Bezos would not be, he would not be a billionaire. He would, he would probably be filing for bankruptcy, right? 
Yeah. So yeah. It, it would be interesting if they come out with a wealth tax to see how all these top 10, top 1% people will end up paying for it, right? They, they might have to get, they might have to work out their salary in a different, you know, ratio. Like they might have to get paid more cash salary just to pay for the cash on, mm-hmm. you know, all their stock stuff. So, yeah, it, but just, just kind of go back. I've noticed that a lot of billionaires and like um, a lot of these millionaires, they don't have any money. Like all their money's in their actual company, right? Yeah. So, so whenever they get personally sued, there's no money to be given, right? Like no one can actually get anything from them because all their money is tied up in a company, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happens when. Uh, if you if you get personally sued, I wonder, would they would they? Um, I mean, I I'll have to look this up, but would they have to liquidate their, you know, stock portfolio or oh, just yeah. to pay? I mean, because technically, if you get you own that stuff, so I, I I don't know how it works. Maybe we can find uh we can find some sort of case where that happens. The 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 millionaire didn't have any cash but he had stock stuff and he had to liquidate maybe we'll link Mm -hmm. it if we find something but uh i mean so what what would you say is the purpose of a good economy so the purpose of a good economy like and are you just saying like in general are you talking about like more of like in the in-game context i guess like in general like what what should an economy do what should be its function hmm. so when i think about this what i think is i think about like why was an economy created in the first place right so if you go back to the beginning it was just people trading with each other right i'm a shepherd so i have sheep and wool and then you have wheat so i need these two things right so we can just trade and make that work yeah. instead of splitting our time into, <clears throat> excuse me, um, for, to working on both, right? So whenever I think of a good economy, the thing that I'm thinking is, can goods be freely traded back and forth, right? Yeah. Also, is innovation able to thrive? Because if you look at it, there's a lot of industries that are going out and people get mad about it. Right. Like uh, what's the one that's happening now? I think like a lot of truck drivers are in. um, Excuse me. I don't know what's wrong with me right now. (laughs) Yeah, let me get some water. This water break brought to you by Better Left Said. Yeah. (laughs) So whenever you look at the truck drivers, right, uh, because of car automation, they're at risk of actually losing their positions and people Mm. get upset about that. But at the same time, there's a lot of industries that have come and gone. Right. And it's not always a bad thing. So I think that innovation should be able to thrive. So I really am anti, um, like, I guess lobbyist groups that are lobbying against, um, innovation. Right. So, for example, like with the car companies, and I'm not sure exactly if this is happening. I'm sure it is, 
but I don't have any proof. Um, but if these truck driving com companies or like other car manufacturers are saying, hey, no, um, self-driving cars, they shouldn't come out to market because of X, Y, and Z, knowing that this is the future, this is the next step, and that this could be beneficial in the future, I think that's bad. So when I'm thinking about an economy, I'm thinking, all right, do goods, are goods able to be traded freely? And two, is there innovation to actually um, kind of get rid of any monopolies or anything that's going on? Because that's pretty much what happens. Right. Um, if there's a monopoly on candle makers, it doesn't really matter um, if the light bulb gets invented, right? So mm -hmm. innovation is a pretty big uh, is a pretty big killer of monopolies. So yeah. that's those are the things that I'm thinking of at least that should be done to kind of ensure that the economy is healthy and it's yeah. actually doing what it's doing. I its like job. I like what you're saying. What you said about you know at the beginning we're trading sheep for you know cheese right or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and really, if we think about ourselves as humans, right, we are our jobs as humans are is you know first and foremost to survive, right? Mm -hmm. And to do that, we need certain things. We need you know food, shelter, um, water, all at the very least, right? <laughs> Yeah, all of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like. <laughs> but but we, I mean, generally, it seems like it, it seems like less efficient, right? If we all had to individually do that, right? Which, mm -hmm. if with without an economy, we would have to, right? We would have to build our own shelter. We would have to grow or hunt our own food. We'd have to go collect our own water, right? But mm -hmm. we've entered into kind of an economy, so we either by convenience or by efficiency, we don't have to do that. And mm -hmm. I think really that's transferring value, right? If we can have one person do all the things, then that creates value. It's almost like Walmart, right? They're such a, a big company that can leverage their economies of scale which is basically mm -hmm. just saying that the bigger you are, the more efficient you can do certain things, right? And that's creating value for society as a whole because we can make a lot of food. By One person can make a lot of food and sell it to everyone for a really cheap price rather mm -hmm. than everyone work eight hours a day to grow their own tomatoes, right? Yeah. So it's this transfer of value, right? And then we're assigning, maybe I'll give you some extra cheese, if you, you know, do some convenience for me, right? Um, yeah. Like you get me the shipment of, you know, uh, chickens faster or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that seems like a pure system, right? But yeah. then, then we have kind of, you know, these inequalities that um, yeah. are just so difficult to address. Um, yeah, so... So You'd pretty like much what happened. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. So, so pretty much what happened is, yeah, we started with trading things like that, right? All right, I'm just gonna trade this. I'm gonna trade that, and then at some point, someone's like, oh, well, I don't want, I don't need sheep. I need blah 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 blah. 
So then you have to trade for that and then trade them to get what you actually wanted. And at some point someone said, hey, look, why don't we just say that um, this is equivalent to this, right? Yeah. And money was formed. And so now we have money. We can say, all right, I have sheep. I don't have this, but I, I don't have um, I don't use widgets because everyone uses widgets in business. It <laughs> drives me crazy. It's it's not unique. Um, but let's just say um, I need to get a table made, right? I instead of um, trading for wheat and then making bread and then trading that for the table, I can say, hey. I have this much of this unit of currency. Is that good? And they say yes or no, right? Yeah. So then it started to get a little bit more complicated. And then at some point, someone said, you know, because people start to accumulate money. And around that, uh, back during those days, it's very common for people just to knock someone over the head and take all their money, right? So at some point, someone decided, hey, I can make a bank. If you bring all your money to me, um, I'll I'll give you like a promissory note, and then they'll say, "This is how much money you have in the bank. We've got security. Now your money is safe, right?" So that's whenever things were still, I guess, pretty simple. And then someone decided. Some one of the bankers was like, "Well, you know, people aren't always coming over here taking money out. So what if I uh, just..." lend out some of this money for this guy that's starting whatever, right? He wants to make a windmill. I don't know, right? <laughs> I can lend this money off to this guy. And then by the time I get the money back, it'll be fine because no one, everyone isn't just taking their money out constantly. Yeah. And then we got into fractional reserve banking, right? And then that, I guess, kind of made it more complicated. And I'm not too sure if I'm going off on a tangent or not, but uh, it was a lot more pure, but as time kind of continued, it got more and more complex. And I think that is what's kind of gotten us to this point um, where you have like the wealth inequality. Well, yeah. And now we have where we can invest in companies partially, right? We can own oh, yeah. stocks in companies. And then so, when that company does something bad, all the investors go, well, I didn't know about it. And, yeah, you know, it's I mean, it's a very difficult, complicated environment today to mm -hmm. try to navigate, you know, what's the best way? Because we have we have a lot of people who are just screaming on both sides of the aisle like, oh, this is what we need to do. Um, but it's I mean, it's so complicated. What do you yeah. what do you think would be something if 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 Will became president today or tomorrow? What yeah. Was, what, <laughs> was, what was the what would be the first thing you would do? Uh, first thing I would do is probably just kind of overlook the garden and just kind of <laughs> <laughs> just say yeah yeah yes right but like Fine. in terms of the economy. Finally, it's mine, right? <laughs> no, but what I what I would do is um, like, especially in terms of like economy, I I don't think the issue is putting a cap on how much money people can actually earn. I think what the issue is is it's the bottom, right? So where's the poverty line? 
Like, sure, this guy is making so many times, like, uh, the CEO is probably, the CEO of Apple is probably making 200 times or probably like a thousand times more than the lowest paid employee. But I don't think that's a very accurate, I don't think that matters, you know? I think you should focus more on what is their um, quality of life and try to improve that at the bottom and not try to hinder the people at the top. Because <clears throat> like you. I said... You're saying you're comparing, you're comparing the person at the bottom with the person at the top, but really all that matters is the person on the bottom and trying to elevate them. Exactly, exactly. Because if you look at the person at the top, he's employing all of these people. The CEO of Apple, um, I guess you could say more Steve Jobs. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Apple. But <laughs> they're employing all of these people. They've given all these people jobs. And now they've accumulated all this wealth that's also being loaned out, which is helping other small businesses, other individual people um, through their bank. And I don't think it's fair to tax them. Right or to like penalize? I don't. Know, they need to be taxed, right? I'm not. I'm not. Oh yeah, advocating for no tax. Definitely. Yeah, we are like, not advocating for zero yeah. percent tax for rich people. Yeah, that <laughs> would be absolutely ridiculous. Because um, yeah, like you're not gonna get anything funded. Or maybe we should like, try it. See what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the people at Walmart <laughs> are yeah. are making enough to to pay for our roads, kind of thing. <laughs> But no, I agree. But like, but pretty much I think that um, instead of looking at the top and trying to put a ceiling, I think you should increase the floor. But what does that look like? And I feel like that's when a lot of people kind of, that's where a lot of people disagree. I don't think that money should just be handed out, right? Because um, when you look at an economy, you're always going to have unemployment and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That means people are moving from one job to another. And yeah. so I don't think that that's always a, a bad thing. But I, I think we have to find some way to kind of lift those people out of poverty. Um, and I think that's a difficult situation. And again, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm <laughs> like, these are, these are just some of the ideas that I have. Um, and I feel like these could be useful. So, yeah. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of kind of I've heard a lot of new things that I've never considered before that I don't know what I agree with. Some people who are saying, you know, like you mentioned, universal basic income should everyone get um, you know, a certain stipend so that mm -hmm. and basically the concept that like yeah, maybe people are lazy, maybe people are not hard workers, but mm -hmm. I guess did they deserve to starve because of that? Um, and I mean, I mean, different people have different answers for that. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I would say if we go back to simple, you know, let's peel off all of the complexity of this economy and think of ourselves as humans. Like mm -hmm. we have to, we have to work, you know, to get food, to get shelter, to get water. If we're going to transfer that burden to other people, I think we should. We should work. We should have to work. We should have to, you know, you know, attempt to, like, you know, enter the society where 
um, you're receiving a lot of value. And right, mm -hmm. if you're not doing anything for that value, then you're benefiting from the society kind of unfairly, in my opinion. But yeah, I completely I, agree. It's it's interesting proposals. I'm not totally against it. I I just think yeah, like I I don't know what the right answer is. But some people say you know universal basic income. Some people say uh, that land landlords should be outlawed and everyone should get you know free like you know houses. How, I don't know how. Completely disagree with that. <laughs> like. <laughs> We'll, yeah, maybe I, we'll have another podcast where we kind of uh, do a deeper dive of this topic and we can maybe have a guest. I, I think I yeah. have someone in mind. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that uh, he would be a good guest because he has, is definitely in to that mindset. <laughs> but and, Yeah, I would, I would be interested to – I mean I'm interested in these concepts. I'm, I'm not opposed to myself being wrong. So I, yeah. I – yeah, change my Same. mind, as the meme says. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I just, I, I don't um, think I have all the answers either. I know I don't. Let me just say that I know I don't, and I'm definitely open. I mean, to, like, there's a chance that I might. Well. Yeah, there's a, there's a chance. <laughs> it's it's not zero. It's not. It's a non-zero <laughs> chance, right? Uh, <laughs> but um, kind of going back to UBI, I think that it's an interesting idea. You know, I, I, it's still kind of hard for me to kind of wrap my head around it because like you're saying, if you even, if you, we go back to like the, the sheep and like the cheese example, the wheat, right? You're trading something like you have done something to contribute and you're trading that for something else, right? Right. It's just an efficiency thing. Like instead of me splitting my time trying to do a million different things, I can just focus on one thing, get really good at it. And then trade with someone else that's better at something else, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think if UBI was to work, I don't think it could cover 100% of someone's cost. Because if that was the case, then what are they actually doing, you know? And and maybe this is just me coming from like the, I guess, the old way of thinking. Yeah. But people are going to do something, right? No matter what. Like, um, I, I just remember myself during summer breaks with college, right? Like, or maybe even college, high school, because college I was working. But in high school, like, I would take these breaks in summer, and I was like, after three months, I'm ready to get back into doing something else, um, right? And even during that time, I'm not just staring at the wall. I'm playing video games. I'm doing something. And I've heard the argument that if there's UBI, people will actually work on, like, more artistic pursuits so like there'll be more artists more musicians because right now it's really difficult to actually make a living doing these things so i don't know well how um, how much harder will it be when everyone's an artist and the market is saturated right <laughs> exactly right so so here are two negatives that i've seen with it like you said everyone's going to become a musician. I know we both play music yeah, and yeah. I know if I end up getting enough to not have to go to work, I'm just going to play music all day. Like, that's it. Video games <laughs> yeah. and music. That's it. That's all I need. I'm done. Right. How many more Twitch streamers are there going to be? Right. Yeah. How many more podcasts? Right. I know like at this point, like because of the whole virus and all that stuff, there are more podcast things coming out. Right. But 
just think about if everyone had free time, it's just going to be flooded. No one's going to have enough time. There's not going to be an audience for anybody. Um, and then the second thing I think of is if everyone is getting $1,000, right? Because um, I think that was what was being proposed by like Andrew Yang. Well, then isn't there going to be inflation? So like, well, that $1,000... That at, like so, say rent is at a thousand dollars right now. Yeah. Now everyone has a thousand dollars a month. Now rent's gonna go up. Like, why wouldn't it's a 2, it? Two thousand, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna go up. And well, like, that's why. That's why people are saying like landlords are evil, right? Because they're but they're not evil, <laughs> right? So like, all right, the person that owns this property, right? Okay, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do. Like, but I'm renting right now, right? Um. As someone who would like to be a future landlord, I would like to believe that they're not all evil. <laughs> um, but if there's so much that goes into this, right? Yeah. So you buy your house, right? So let's look at, because I've been looking at real estate. Here's the process, right? First, you have to find a property, right? And you have to put down a certain percentage of that property. So if you're looking at this, and I, I encourage everyone to Google this, that is kind of of that mindset of like how much like landlords are evil. Look up how much it is to call, um, to buy an apartment complex. Not even like a huge, like multi-unit. Think of like a two-unit duplex, right? Depending on your area, it's going to be three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars. So whenever you go to actually buy that, you have to put down 20, maybe 25% of that as a down payment. And then you have to make monthly payments on the property, right? So if you don't have anyone actually with this, right? No one's actually paying anything. Well, let's just say that the house is free. People still make a loss, right? Because you make, you set down that deposit of like a month's rent or however much it is. And that's there for repairs. I, I don't know if you ended up coming to my uh, apartment in college at all, but that place, I remember people that changed like hands from like three to four different people over like 10, 15 years. It was messed up. Yeah. Like the, the deposit of a thousand dollars is not going to cover the cost of repairs. And (laughs) I know they didn't get the deposit back. Like I don't even have to ask. I know. Right. Yeah. Um, like, but you have all of those things. You have wiring. If something happens, right, you have insurance. If your place catches on fire, right, you have to have some sort of insurance because the tenants, yes, they have to have some type of insurance from like their car, like Allstate, State Farm, but that's probably not going to cover everything, right? Yeah. And you're still going to have to pay. Like, there's all these things that there's a lot of risk to being a landlord. And I think people just think, oh, man, I'm just this greedy. They're just that greedy person with just just collecting a check. Oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm just collecting your money. Yeah. And yeah, I think and that's I, ridiculous. Yeah, I think, yeah. It, and like renting to me, I really enjoyed renting because to mm-hmm. me, like you said, I didn't I wasn't responsible for any of the repairs. Yes. Um, yes. You know, if. If, you know, yeah, if something breaks, I just call my landlord. Hey, you fix this. That's what I pay you for. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. It's, it's a convenience. Um, and they are also taking all the risk. Let's say your area 
devalues over time, you don't have to pay that because you're not invested mm-hmm. in any of it. You're just renting it. So yeah. if something goes down, even though I, I know a lot of comp- like places probably go up, but I don't know, something happens, but maybe not like all a storm happens, something you can't yeah. control, and the whole thing burns down or gets destroyed. You're not on yeah, the hook. Or- you didn't invest anything. You can just go find another apartment. That landlord's going to have – well, hopefully you had insurance. I think they're required to have insurance anyways. But Yeah, um, but even then, that doesn't cover – so like, yeah, it's just like there's a hurricane or whatever since that's – appropriate since it was just harvey or whatever was it harvey no it was no it was laura laura yeah laura oh, laura no i'm just kidding <laughs> karen uh, they should have named it yeah. karen the memes would have been great <laughs> they would have been awesome <laughs> oh man it would have been amazing oh man what so like the next one the next hurricane is a k right because oh, they no. they go alphabetically so mm, eh, i'm not gonna wish that the next one actually hits so anyways <laughs> um but so, yeah, so like say there's some sort of natural disaster that happens and it causes the home to be destroyed or something like that or like the area to depreciate, right? Your home's fine, but all the other houses are done. So the price of your home goes down. Well, yeah, insurance can cover that. But what if the neighborhood just becomes a bad neighborhood, right? You're just out. So you bought that home or that apartment complex, say it was $300,000. And now, it after, what, 10, 15 years, it now is worth $250,000, not because of your fault, not because of anything that you have done, but because of the area. Well, now you've lost $50,000. That's huge. That's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, it's, I feel I, the same I, way. I see... Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I, I feel the same way about, like, like billionaires, right? Like they look at these people and I think they just think that they're just these greedy, evil people. And I'm not going to say that they're not greedy, right? I've heard, like speaking of Jeff Bezos, I've heard of what happens in Amazon. It sounds terrible. Like they have to get from one side of this giant warehouse to the other in a certain amount of time. And like they have this little tracker that says, hey, this should take you 35 seconds. If it takes you 36 seconds, you get docked. Right, Ooh. like, or at least it um, looks bad on your performance, right? Yeah. Which could lead to you getting laid off. That's that's high stress, and I think that is something that has just come with the uh, the improvements in logistics, and just like how there's just you have to get it done. The constant pressure to improve, two yeah. day shipping, one day shipping, right? I'm not gonna say that he's a a saint, right? But he's working for his money. He's providing a product. How often do you use Amazon? Right? Uh, I yeah. use it all the time. Yeah, all the like, time. All the time. Um, it is invaluable at this point. And I can't get mad at him for making a million um, a billion dollars because I use his product. I find value in it. He should be paid. We collectively paid him. We all paid him a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I I think we got on on a tangent a little bit. Probably a lot of it. Yeah, and I I see both sides. I see how we see all the values of renting. And I see, I think, to play devil's advocate, right, I think for people who are not as 
financially savvy as us. Um, and this is a huge thing that I, my last job, um, really pushed is financial literacy is what they called it. And they would go mm-hmm. to, you know, elementary schools, any kind of like schools and teach kids like, Hey, this is how you use your money. Well, which I feel like we, we, we didn't, I didn't get that class growing up. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, Same. But, I had to get it from my parents. Yeah. Yeah. And some, and a lot of people don't have that, you know, luxury like like we did having having awesome parents to teach us financial literacy but but people see, see rent and you know there's no down payment maybe they didn't even have enough for a down payment and they just keep paying rent and it's kind of a vicious cycle and they never build equity they don't mm-hmm. have the risks right but they also never get the benefits of equity of yes. building equity in mm-hmm. your house and i'm i'm sure there's studies that someone could link to a, us that saying you know generational like improvement is probably fixated on a few things probably like getting you know going to college like mm-hmm. getting a house so once you're done with your you know 30 year mortgage payment you don't have to make those payments anymore and you can invest that money into your kids um it's yeah. a generational thing i don't think uh i don't think though I think the value of renting is there. I think there's an unfortunate side effect that people get trapped into kind of a cyclical um, uh, financial situation. But like you said, I think instead of focusing on the landlords, we should focus on the bottom and how can we how can we elevate that? How can we do more things like financial literacy or maybe make home ownership, um, you know, easier which i do i do think we have programs um that maybe people don't even know about and Mm -hmm. maybe maybe we should do a podcast about that sometime yeah i'm actually interested in that as well um but trying to go back i i'm a huge proponent of financial literacy yeah i think that a lot of the issues that people have um and i know this isn't everyone not everyone that doesn't have money is not um it doesn't fall into this category but a lot of the people that I know that were always like, oh, man, like when I was working um, like my minimum wage job, like in college, they were always broke, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I have no money. I have no money. And yet they're always partying. This is the same person that called off multiple times because she was too hungover after partying to come into work, right? And not everyone's like that. Other people have different life circumstances and some people are actually actively trying to get out but i also just get so mad um at how we don't teach people these things like budgeting for example i don't think budgeting is a super complicated topic but it's something that people just aren't taught they just don't know how it's done they don't know how to do it and I I would like to help with those things. Like if you don't get don't be surprised if you see some videos on this channel that are dedicated to these types of topics because I think it's something that's very important and I don't want um I want the next generation to be able to get access to this information um pretty easily, you know. We have the internet, it's here. There are many things that you can do 
there are many industries that are actually thriving now um, because of it. And I don't think people have to stay where they are. If you're at the bottom, I do believe that there's a way out. Um, you just have to look for it. And I don't think people know about how to get out. So, yeah, I think we need to find more awareness to that and kind of invest in entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's I but I guess like to go back to the original thing. Those are kind of what I think an economy should have. Yeah. And I know there's been a lot of focus on the middle class, but I know a lot of the people in the middle class like and I guess I'm in the middle class, right? So I'm I'm speaking from personal experience. Like, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. Like, a lot of people aren't saving enough. And I'm very blessed that I've been able to save a, a lot. So I have, like, a little bit of a rainy day fund. But this crisis, I think, is a very good example of how people aren't saving. Not having an income for, what, two months? A month, two months, and they're already absolutely broke, right? That's terrible, you know? Like, I, I was, I've been talking to my wife, who, who's Chinese, but in China, they save. In America, we're just completely in debt. And if anything bad happens, we're screwed. And even though they make less money in China, they have more saved up in case something happens. And I think that that is ridiculous that we don't have that and i don't know if it's education or what it is but to improve our nation we need to have something to help these people right we need to actually help our people so that they're not screwed if something happens and honestly i don't know exactly how to do it um, but i think it's something that needs to be done yeah yeah, and probably in China, you would probably agree that that's probably a strong family cultural value that, yeah. you know, they teach their kids, right? Mm -hmm. um, and probably, I would guess in America, the family, the family unit, if I bet if we look statistically, and maybe, maybe we should go and fact check this after the video, but... If yeah. the family unit breaks down, um, like, you know, people get divorced, that's a more indicator that someone's going to do worse financially, mm -hmm. economically, generationally, right? And Yeah. And maybe just we as a culture, yeah, haven't been – we haven't been teaching our kids, you know, how to save. We haven't been talking about it. Um but no, yeah, that is a big topic that uh, I think we need to, you know, tell our kids, tell people around us, financial literacy. We need to, like, be responsible with our money. And, like, yeah, if we're, if we're, if we're really struggling, we shouldn't, you know, kind of buy into some of this, like, go out partying every weekend. That's very expensive. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. it, it builds a habit, right? That's going to be potentially destructive financially, potentially destructive, you know, um, yeah. socially. No, I agree. Um, 
I also want to say like investments. I don't think a lot of people know what an actual investment is. Um, it's something that appreciates your money, right? Does it depreciate? A car is not a very good investment because as soon as you drive it off the lot, it loses 20 to 30% of its value. And I was talking, I was talking to someone about shoes and he was like, I'm buying these new Jordans and I don't, I don't care about shoes. I actually don't have very many people in my life that actually do talk about shoes. So it was very surprising, but he was like, yeah, I'm buying these shoes um, because they're $200 now, but they're going to be $400 in the next year or two. And I was like, who told you that? Like, that's not an investment. Like, I don't know. Maybe there are some shoes that actually do double in price and you can go on eBay and find their, um, find the selling price. But for anyone that has that mindset, look at the buying price. Look at the sell price. Look and see how many of these shoes are actually being sold and at what price they're actually selling at. I want to say it's pretty easily found on eBay, but financial literacy is huge. And I, I think I actually have seen, I saw a video. Um, yeah, again, we should probably fact check this, but it was kind of saying the same thing. If you, if you are in a one fam, a one parent household or your parents are divorced or any of these kinds of things, they hold you back. So it's like, I know that um, divorce is a really big thing here in, in the US and it's like whenever that happens, it makes it more likely that your child is going to have a divorce as well. And what it's doing is it's just holding you back. It's just pushing your entire family back, you know, and I don't know. This is something I'm very passionate about because it's you can see the trend and it's like come on <laughs> but just, but it, just it's don't do that you just want to shake yeah, just stop stop it right yeah right but I, and I, I i say this like for myself too because like i see the trends sometimes in my own personal life and it's like i know if i just change this i won't have this effect right um but it, it's hard to do and I, I think we just we need to educate people so. yes i and i think what you're getting at we, one, we need to make better choices, but we need to mm-hmm. have, you know, grace and compassion because, like you said, we ourselves recognize the things in the life we need to change, and mm-hmm. it's extremely hard. And and people who are stuck in these, you know, cyclical uh, situations that may be destructive – it's probably even harder for them because like who who knows what kind of, you know, trauma they've had to deal with Mm -hmm. compassion to know that it's very hard to make these kind of changes, but, um, but that doesn't stop us from, you know, talking about it. I mean, like the podcast is named, it's better left said. Yeah. Um, But, but maybe we can, maybe we can offer some sort of kind of, education and in the same way some therapy to try to make break these bad habits make good habits and try to you know move forward right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if you guys um so people that are watching if you guys have anything that you want us to kind of explain um because we're both uh, 
I don't know, mildly successful, I guess. Um, but I don't even know if that's the I'm, correct I'm, word. No, I'm a failure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like um, Luke has a tax background, um, an accounting background. I've worked in finance for multiple years. If there's anything that you guys have questions about, um, yeah. put them down below. Um, I know that there's some things that are pretty, I guess, standard that a lot of people might want to hear about. And if you guys want us to talk about them, we can kind of give a very simplified view, right? We're not going to be lawyers, right? Um, and this won't be a professional, I don't know about professional, but don't hold us accountable, right? If something bad happens, that's that's not on us. But for very basic things like um, how much money you should actually spend on your house, right? How much of your income should go to rent? Budgeting. Um, what is an actual investment? Like these are things that, could be beneficial. So if you want us to talk about them, let us know in the comments and yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys have any awesome tax questions, it's such an interesting <laughs> topic. Um, I, I can do, I can do my best to research it and maybe we'll, we can make a video on it. Um, and I also spent a lot of time when I bought my first house a couple of years ago you know, researching kind of like obscure, um, like, like, you know, tax, tax things surrounding and like, uh, tax things sur surrounding like mortgages and, mm -hmm. um, like finite, like assistance, like from various, like, um, local, like companies or governments, um, I actually found a lot of useful information that I feel like not a lot of people know about that you could probably, you know, it's probably easier than you think to buy a house and you can, if you, you could probably do it with no money down or, um, a little bit of money down, obviously there are, you might pay a little bit higher interest rate, but yeah, but I mean, it's interesting to me if, yeah, like, like Will said, let us know if you want to uh, hear anything about that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm actually interested in that too, because that is where I am right now. So we've been looking at a lot of that kind of stuff like the, yeah. But anyways, yeah. So yeah, just let us know. Um, so the next thing that we actually wanted to talk about was political, um, like memes. So at what point does political satire actually just become pro propaganda? And I, I know that, uh, this is one that you wanted to talk about as well. Actually, let's switch it up. Let's let's talk about something different. Let's make it more lighthearted, and then we'll end on that one. Okay, good. Because that one should be funny as well. But, um, so I have a question for you guys. So, what is wrong with eating dogs? Right? I know all of you <laughs> well, dog owners are probably wondering. This is lighthearted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is morbid. Go on. Yeah, this is actually, ew. yeah, so, uh. Make sure Fido is not in the room with you. He does not want to hear this. Um, but what is wrong with eating dogs? So in Korea, they actually had this, um, they're having this debate right now. And I find it very interesting because what is an animal, right? Like we have animals here for us to eat. We have chickens, cows, all of these things. But for dogs and cats, because I think both of these are pets. And that is the whole reason why we are against them. But it seems like it's a pretty Western ideology 
that we're kind of forcing on the rest of the world. So when I say Western, um, I'm thinking of like Europe as well as the Americas. Um, mm-hmm. Both of us, like we, we have these pets, we have our dogs and we love them. But if another country has these kinds of pets or they have this culture of eating dogs, what's wrong with it? Why is it actually, how is it an ethical issue? Because I don't think it is. I think it's just out us forcing our culture on other people. Yeah. So yeah, so I'd like to pass that off. Well, if you're, here comes the dislikes on the video. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it's an interesting question because yeah yeah you go to some countries and um yeah maybe that's more prevalent but i think we growing up i think we just have this kind of like um this kind of gut reaction that like oh that's wrong right Mm -hmm. like the first time you heard about that you were just like not like you look at your own family pet and like think about someone eating that pet and like instinctively, you see the dog eyes. yeah, it's like it, not good feelings, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, because that's a pet that you love. It's it's a companion. It's it's a friend. In many ways, in a lot of people's mind, that pet is a person. And I think, I think there's a couple reasons why that is. One is because we've we've kind of set pets as a in the societal role as companion right they Mm -hmm. come with us and they you know either like make us feel happy or they do some sort of task right like Mm -hmm. maybe let's go back to the simple thing again where you know i have sheep but i don't want to like i don't want to like wrangle these sheep by myself every day so i Mm -hmm. i find this wolf i breed this wolf selectively until he looks really cute and he looks like he's smiling all the time and then i make this wolf i train this wolf basically to you know i give him food and shelter and in return he um he wrangles the sheep for me right so the dog has fulfilled the societal role and we kind of like maybe instinctively say, oh, this dog, this dog contributes to society. We shouldn't eat this dog. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in a certain sense, you're right. It is an animal. It is something we have selectively bred over time to fulfill certain purposes for us. And it really generally now it's just kind of like, you know, you just hang out and make everyone, like, cheer our depression, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love animals. I love dogs. Um, Me too as well. I also am a big I'm... fan of dogs and all that. I just want to let they everyone know. They taste amazing. Yeah, they yeah. Add a little bit of carrots. Oh, man. No, no, no. <laughs> no I've never had dog. But, but But I do think we have, you know, we have personified dogs. We've elevated them p- to this position of they are humans. And I think of a little of that is maybe kind of like evolutionary. Like we have, we've 
in some ways selectively bred these animals to look super cute to you know look like they're smiling all the time when really they're not dogs aren't happy all the time they the faces just look like that right yeah <laughs> it's just their face <laughs> resting happy face resting happy face um and so yeah we've we've personified dogs and we kind of elevated them to the status of people um i feel like it maybe is even a little bit um i think i mean i even i guess we'll get to this later but i even saw a meme that was talking about um uh uh oh man i forgot this is great podcasting yeah right. It's okay. We'll we'll find it. We'll post it. In it. We'll we'll put it in here. If I remember um, it, I probably won't. My memory's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah yeah we we've we've elevated dogs to this position where they're basically people, and I think, I mean we, I think most people would agree we probably shouldn't eat people. I don't know about Joe Rogan. He seems really <laughs> interested in it, and I'm scared. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I've saw I've seen some memes about that. Maybe we'll put, post some Joe Rogan uh eating eating people eating human meat memes in in, oh, in lieu of the thing I I forgot. But uh <laughs> I I think it's it's hard to say because we're such an affluent nation, right? We mm-hmm. have like we have a luxury of like having being able to have pets we have too many pets, right? Like we oh, are, yeah. we are saying we need to spade and neuter because it's a pandemic, right? Or maybe not a pandemic, but it's a problem because always you know, we have too many dogs and cats out on the streets with no homes. And it's really just cause we, we need to control the population a little bit. I think even PETA agrees with that, right? We need yeah. to spade and neuter our pets cause we just can't, we just don't have the homes and people willing to take all these pets, right? But mm-hmm. to say like a like North Korea, right? To say like these possibly some of these people are starving, and dog meat is a huge part of their staple diet, right? Yeah. Um, they're easy to raise, right? Um, it's it's hard for me to say that they shouldn't eat a certain animal because we as a nation have risen to affluence to be able to we don't have to eat those animals right we have enough food that's very cheap we have enough chicken um Mm -hmm. but maybe to your point we should address the root of the problem rather than like we shouldn't go in guns blazing into north korea said stop eating dogs we should you know try to say like hey maybe you should have better supplies of food maybe you should trade more open up so you don't have yeah. to eat dogs, right? Stop being crazy. Stop being crazy. Just Disarm your nuclear stop, program. Stop it. Like, stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and like, um, so like, to go back, like, going back to the past, the way I see it is it's like, um, you would use your dogs to help hunting as well, right? Yeah. So, so if you're a shepherd, you use it to help um, guard the sheep as well as like control them. But if you're hunting, you use your dog to help hunt. And if there's not enough food, it's going to come down to you and your dog. Sorry, Fido. You're, you're on the menu tonight, you know? Oh, yeah. And I think it's... I just don't... 
I, I don't like the fact that we, we kind of spread the, the way that we feel to other people. And you were saying that they're cute. They are cute. Like, <laughs> oh man, puppies are cute. Like, I think we can all agree on that. But like, rabbits are also cute. Right? But rabbits are eaten. And I don't think that, I haven't had rabbit meat. They don't but have I also, the personality. They don't have the uh, smile. And they don't have the utility that dogs have, right? We haven't yeah, trained that's them true. to that is true. sheep. So this is the difference between something that's cute that we will eat and something that's cute that actually benefits our society or that gives us some sort of companionship or maybe um, the facade of companionship, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs> a lot of people who won't eat rabbit. Or, I mean, to be honest, a lot of animals are cute. Cows are cute. Like, chickens yeah. are cute. Um, like, a lot of things we eat are, are cute. Maybe not in the same way dogs are. They're not, like, fuzzy pet cute, but... Yeah, um, they can't play with you. Yeah, I yeah. think there's a lot of utility and benefit we get out of dogs, right? That makes it so we attach. We attach to dogs and bond with them. And we have... we. We, we personify them, right, as, as humans. Mm-hmm. We give them human characteristics, um, which, you know, kudos for dogs. Evolutionary, I mean, we, we may have done a huge part of, like, selectively breeding them from, like, when we, they first started being our companions to now. But mm-hmm. dogs have really carved, like, in the evolutionary, like, uh, chain of animals have really carved out like a big portion like they're doing great right now (laughs) yeah they really are (laughs) they we are their slaves like cat dogs and cats we take care of them they do nothing especially cats like cats just tell you what they want right and it's like okay i want to be petted so they'll like rub up against your leg right you pet them one two three and then they'll tell you to stop right <laughs> maybe they're the real one percent of uh one percent we should be worried about they are you're right, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that should be a meme uh people are wondering about black versus white when really why are cats so dominant why, why do they get everything they want we are slaves to cats we need to break the <laughs> yes. chains and I feel like maybe you probably – I feel like this is this is an unpopular topic, right? No one's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to promote eating dogs. But yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it would be still unpopular but maybe less unpopular if we talked about eating cats because I feel like there's a subset of people – people really love cats, but uh, I feel like more people like dogs. Oh, yeah, for sure dogs. Cats, I don't like cats. I'll go on the record and say this. I I hate cats. It gives a new meaning to the phrase, eat the rich. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually heard that cats, and I think dogs will do this too, actually, but we just won't say that. No, dogs don't do it. But cats will eat you if you die. I'm sure dogs would too. Again, this is something, and you, I can help with this list. We're going to have a list of things at the end of the video that me and you are going to have to go research and fact check. Yes. And we'll say, basically, in the description of this video, 
we're dumb or we found it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. I also put it here too. You guys watching in the future probably already see it there. So yeah, in the yeah, video. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If it was, if we, if my plane went down, it was my family and Fido. Fido would unfortunately be the first to go. Now, where we go after that, yeah. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just die. But, yeah. That, I think that's a better way to think. I don't think it's good to think about it. No, hmm. I don't want to think about My it. My wife doesn't have enough of meat. Oh, no. You got to find something else. <laughs> is this is YouTube okay with this? <laughs> it's hey, it's take... okay. <laughs> so this is far enough in the video that I think it's going to be fine. <laughs> If you've watched this far, don't report us, please. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> please is going to bust it down. You sick. <laughs> you sick. Can we curse? Can we curse? Nah, yeah, know. we can curse. We can curse. It's all good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do it because, frankly, I I mean, chicken's fine. I don't need to, I don't need yeah. to eat dog. It might make me sad, mm-hmm. even though even though I recognize how, like we've evolutionarily we've are we've selectively bred these dogs to become our companions and to become lovable mm-hmm. to become uh, something that we would personify. It's it still makes me sad to think about. I'm probably not gonna do it because I love dogs. Yeah. <laughs> but I I'm would not try gonna, it. I'm not gonna. Sh- you said you'd try it. I would try it for sure. For sure, I would try it. Um, I mean, yeah. If I mean, if you cooked it for me, I don't know. I mean, okay. I don't. I don't know one that knows how to cook it, but I would try it. See, like, I, I am not. I feel no the, I feel the shame. I feel the cultural shame <laughs> that comes from be- but, growing up, and it's just like, oh, just even talking about it, even though our podcast is called Better Left Said. It it makes me sad, and I'm like, is are we the baddies? That's my new, my favorite phrase nowadays. Like, are are we the baddies? But 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 yeah, like I'm not gonna shame people who that's a staple of their life, and that's what's abundant. Um, that's what's. I mean, I'm not gonna shame them from doing that because again, yeah, yeah like you said, it's an animal. Um, yeah. I yeah, and- I just. Yeah, go ahead. So I also think that it's not as bad as you might think, right? Okay, so think about it like this, right? Um, whenever you have a pig head, like the head is like cut off, there's an apple in its mouth, and that that's like plated to you, right? That's given to you, and it's like literally a pig's head on a silver platter, right? That makes me feel uncomfortable too. Like even though I like, I'm a fan of bacon, I don't love it, I'm a fan of it, but it, Ham, all these things are good, but I just can't look at it. So if it was like a dog's head like that, no way. There's oh, no way I no. can do it. Oh no, yeah, I couldn't do that. But it, if someone just like cooked it and like put it in like a burrito, so like <laughs> instead instead of instead of steak, it's just dog, right? I think I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, oh, that has an interesting taste, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, I think I had a friend who went to China and they were they ate some street food and then someone mm-hmm. told them after the fact that it was dog. And they were just so, like I don't wanna know that. Don't tell me that. 
Yeah, they don't tell me. I think to this day they they don't know, but they I think they would better prefer believe that it wasn't and just go on with their lives. But so, I mean, they didn't. It wasn't like it didn't taste evil, right? <laughs> it just yeah. tasted like meat. So I actually. I, uh, I lived in China for a little bit of time, and I feel like I say that, I probably said that way too many times, so I apologize if you heard it before, but I was looking for dog, and I couldn't find it. I was pretty bummed. I did try some street food, and I'm pretty sure it was rat, because it had like very small bones. I don't oh, know. No. But street food's delicious. Go try it. If you ever are like in a country that has street food, definitely eat it. I don't want you to be turned off by it because of me. Because um, I'm probably wrong. I don't. I don't know what, what it was. I didn't ask. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was all just a joke. <laughs> yeah, that could have been it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is the verdict? We would try it. Probably, we would try it. But. But it wouldn't be a first choice, right? No, no. It would. It would be bottom. Probably towards the bottom of the list. <laughs> so what would be the very bottom for you of anything yeah like so like of animals right so we're talking specifically human. meat. humans yeah oh, you're trying okay, to yeah. trap me <laughs> i'm not a camera that's a good point i didn't even think of that i <laughs> i just excluded so excluding humans excluding humans what would be the bottom of the list what would be literally i would never eat yeah pretty much animals Yeah, I think of my answer as well. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, probably something endangered. Uh, I, I mean, guess. I mean, eating a eating like a lion. Would I would love to eat a lion? Are they endangered? Like, are, are lions endangered? I don't think so. Maybe. I, I know like the the like the white Bengal tigers are, right? Yeah. There's like a white tiger. It's like an albino tiger, so like there's not very many of them anyway. The one in the Houston Aquarium? <laughs> That's not a good place to put it. Have you been there? <laughs> there's fish, not a while. There's fish, sharks, and then there's albino tigers <laughs> in an aquarium. That's Houston not an aquarium, good. guys. <laughs> It's basically mm. just a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just the tiger's all you can eat buffet. The tiger and the alligator, right? They're just they're just taking their pick. I mean, I would say <laughs> the bottom of the list that would make me uncomfortable would be dog. Like I wouldn't want to eat. <laughs> Yeah. Cuz anything else I think is like okay, it's like it's not cute, but I think if I had to think through it it would be probably something like, you know, baby seal, like <laughs> something endangered that's like, that I would just, that's just like, just really irresponsible, right? If yeah. you had like a, you know, your country starving and you had like a billion dogs, then like eat the dogs rather than like everyone starve, right? But yeah, if like I was just some like, rich jerk who was just like i'm gonna go eat a baby seal like yeah that's bottom of the list yeah but like okay. as far as uncomfortable like i think things that i see everyday life 
dogs, cats, probably, yeah. Huh. So you went a completely different direction than I was thinking. Because I'm thinking, all right, what's going to kill me? Like, I'm like, okay, buzzards, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, Komodo dragons. Because those things eat, like, they're scavengers. And I was like, okay, well, those are going to have to be the bottom for me. But I think that's also a good answer. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, like, an opinion. Uh, You're, like, saying. But I think it... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dogs. I agree. Yeah, dogs. But... <laughs> no. <laughs> I like how it was so different, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just my spur-of-the-moment thought process. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, let's go on to, I guess, our final topic of the day. So what point does political comedy, um, or yeah, political comedy slash satire, memes, when is that actually just becoming propaganda? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because we learned about propaganda in school during war times. You post up posters and you would denigrate the other side or say a certain thing like i've seen propaganda that say like the women of like the opposing faction are going to give you syphilis and that's (laughs) i mean it's kind of laughable now but this is what people this is what people use cartoons to push an agenda they want their side to increase and the other side to decrease right um and i remember growing up watching things like daily show and colbert rapport mm-hmm. insanely funny comedians like i i love those shows growing up but then i started to kind of see like you know they're they're taking a political situation they're you know, they're saying a joke, and it's usually kind of like, uh, it's usually trying to just mocking them or saying something in a matter-of-fact way that makes it seem like, like this is such a ridiculous concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like by using it to, like using metaphors and different like, um, situations to kind of parallel what they were talking about, and people would laugh. And people would laugh because, you know, it's so ridiculous. And it gets to be like, oh, these politicians are not only – they're not only sincerely wrong, right, which would be Mm -hmm. like a normal thing to think. It's like, okay, I I believe this person's sincere, um, but maybe they, like, just don't have all the facts or maybe they misinterpreted the facts. Not only are they – just wrong they're so absurdly wrong that they're dumb or yeah it's not that they're dumb that they're evil and so i think this kind of um like political satire type even though like i i know that you know stephen colbert um has talked about how he he really wants to make a difference in politics. He wants to appeal to the younger generation, and this is his way of doing that. And he's he's a really great guy, and I have n- nothing wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But I think the way you go, way we've gone about like presenting politics to our generation is very inflammatory, in the sense that oh, yeah. like we've kind of you know brainwashed 
um, like, and not just one way or the other. It's both sides of the aisle do this, but we've mm-hmm. brainwashed them to, you know, like using memes more recently, but political satire, <clears throat> jokes, cartoons. Like this has been a wh- around for a while in so many different ways, starting with just you know literal propaganda. Um, yeah. But I mean, what do you think about this concept? How how do you view, you know, memes? Are they funny or are, and or are they are they uh, detrimental to our political discourse? So I thought memes were a lot funnier before. Like, so, okay, so I started to like get away from like the political memes as much, um, except for that group that you showed me. There's- <laughs> <laughs> I, I started watching them. I started like paying more attention and there's a lot of really, really funny memes out there. But a lot of the ones that I actually see shared on Facebook are just the inflammatory ones. And um, CPG Gray actually has a really good video about that, about why that happens because they make you angry. I'll link to it now, um, but go check it out because it kind of explains that. But I think a lot of the memes are funny. But some of them are hurtful. They're, and it's not hurtful like, oh, my feelings are hurtful, are hurt. But like, it's actually detrimental to like conversation um, and everything. So, corona, we could talk about the coronavirus, right? This whole situation at the very beginning, um, I remember hearing people say, oh, it's not real. It's political. It's political, right? And, I, I saw so many things that are being shared, and one meme that I found, it had like a list of things, right? And it had like dates. Some of these dates were true, others were not, right? right? Yeah. And so, if it was funny, at first it's like a meme and it's just like spreading awareness, right? And if it's spreading awareness, cool. But what they're doing, and why I think I would say that it's more propaganda, is the fact that. Two are right. And the third one, that's not incorrect. That's not correct. That is misrepresenting the facts. But then the other four might be correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they kind of sneak it in there. And that's why I say that it's actually propaganda. Um, but talking about like the, the Daily Show, not the Daily Show. What's the one that I I see a lot? John Oliver. Oh, John Oliver. He, yeah. He does this a lot too. So that other one, like you're saying, this is on both sides of the aisle. The other one, I guess, was more of like a, I guess I would say it's more of like a Republican, American Republican type of thing. Which one? Right. Uh, the one that was talking about the dates. They're like, oh, this virus isn't oh, yeah. real. Yeah. Um, it's just political. Because it seems like at the beginning, everyone was kind of like, oh man, there's a virus. We should all work together. And then at some point it split and it was like, oh, if you're for Donald Trump, then the virus doesn't exist. And if you aren't for him, then it does exist. And you're trying to like <laughs> stay safe. Uh, but what happened with the Col- not Colbert Report, because I like the Colbert Report a lot. Um, but John Oliver is this is on the other side. This is the Democratic position <clears throat> or liberal, whatever. But what happened and I see this a lot, like, in the show. It's like they want to talk about something, but they'll throw in these, like, red herrings, I guess, or dog whistles, where they kind of confirm something, right? So if you hear something 
uh, multiple times, it pretty much just becomes true in your mindset, right? Yeah. In your mind, it's true. And so he would just keep repeating this stuff, different videos, right? And different types of things that are in like CNN and things like that. And it's like, it is actually just becoming propaganda. Like there's some things, there's bits of truth, but then there's lies, like kind of like sewn in. So I do believe that it's propaganda. It's getting more common at the very least. Yeah. And, and I think, and I, I think, I don't think it's intentional propaganda, which why, which, and which why, why I think it's more dangerous, right? And more, um, more destructive to the discourse because, I mean, John Oliver is just, you know, saying what he believes, right? And he's Mm -hmm. like, he's trying to spread what he thinks is true to other people. But by bypassing the the step of discourse and logic and kind of like presenting like your case, right, of like, here's the facts, here's my interpretation, here's the nuance, to go from, you know, no, this is true, and then just to kind of like try to drill that into people's minds it's not encouraging the discourse we need to, you know, to maybe like think through our own positions and say, Hey, maybe we're wrong about this. And let's actually try, um, let's actually try to figure out like what is true. Right. I I think the, what is it? Dialectics. Let me just read. So, Instead of like you know, there's debate, right? Which mm-hmm. I I know you're you're you you did debate before, right? It's it's kind of yeah. like trying to persuade, right? The art of persuasion, right? Yes. Using logic and like your like different emotional appeals and all, all sorts of appeals, right? But yeah, and the, if if anyone's interested, just really quickly, um, the art. Oh, what is it? The art of persuasion is actually a not a book. It's like a pretty short, like little snippet um, that was written by the philosopher Emmanuel Kant. Um, so you guys should check it out as well. Um, it's very helpful. Nice. Um, but there's debate, and then there's a thing called. I had to look it up because I was like, "Is this right?" But it is. Dialectic is the art of investigating or discussing the truth of opinions, and I think that's what we need more these days is to oh, wow. enter into a room with the things like, hey, we're both might be wrong, but let's let's present our opinions and let's find the truth of it, right? Let's find, mm-hmm. let's give some push-pull, realize that like we don't know everything and maybe we have biases and let's try to find a way forward either by compromise or by saying, oh, one side's right. Like that's totally yeah. possible. But we really, I think political parties now, even more than they have been, have like, you know, these are our sets of beliefs, other side's evil or dumb or incompetent, right? Yeah. Um, and it really, I, I mean, I think the only way past that is, you know, dialectic, like debate and to see, um, and, and, and to my point, I think, 
this is counterproductive to frame this as um you know comedy because that's yeah you're basically appealing by peer pressure if i'm in a comedy club and i tell a joke and everyone laughs you're more likely to laugh right yeah um it's kind of like uh like kind of like a group sensation right and so i i think if you're getting all your philosophical opinions from comedians that's dangerous right oh yeah for sure because they are master storytellers they're massive persuasion they're massive uh, wordsmiths they are really mm-hmm. good at persuading you and making you laugh and when you laugh you're more likely to accept an idea as true mm-hmm. and I I just blatantly think that's propaganda yeah I completely agree I think that's interesting though like what you're talking about um, I forgot the actual term for it that's just a, a new term so it's not debate but it's dialectic looking yeah. Dialectic. Dialectic. The art so of investigating or discussing the truth of opinions. I don't know, there's a second one that's called inquiry into metaphysical contradictions and their solutions. I don't know what that means. It sounds like f- philosophy. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. We want to know the truth of things. We don't want to know, you know, we don't want to just shout our opinions at other people and try to win, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not like a. It's not a game, right? It's we're trying. It's this is real life. We're trying to make every everyone better. We're trying to as a society grow. Um, in order to do that, we need to find the best way forward. So that actually sounds like I know it, it's a meme at this point, but like, <laughs> what was his name? Wow, I forgot the guy's name. But the changed my mind thing. Oh yeah, yeah. When I first saw that, I was like. That's a completely different approach than what is normally happening, right? Because normally people say, all right, this is what I believe, and they just force their opinion down your throat, right? It's like, accept it, accept it. But what I thought he was trying to do, and he did, I guess, varying degrees of success, of success, he um, would actually have some sort of discourse with people so that you can say, all right, this is what you believe. Why do you believe it? And then you kind of think about it, right? And that's kind of like what um, you're talking about, it sounds like to me. I don't I want to say idolatry, and I know that's not the word. So that's why I'm trying to just The, the dial- dialectic? Dialectic? Yeah, dialectic. Dialectic, right? Yep. Say it three times, but, and it's true. Yeah. <laughs> dialectic, dialectic, dialectic. But, <sighs> but pretty much, I think that's a very interesting thing because – it's kind of forcing both people to say, all right, here's what I have been told. And then you have to look it up. And you're like, you're both kind of fact checking each other. But I think that is what needs to be done for us to be able to kind of like correct a lot of the propaganda. Like, um, I'll never forget whenever I took a history class in college, he was talking about how the Spanish American War was shouldn't have actually happened, right? It was like created by America because what happened was the Spanish burned our ship and that was the rallying cry. They burned our ship. It's war, it's war, it's war. And then we went to war, I think, with um, Mexico or Spain at the time. I've forgotten. But the most important thing, (laughs) the most important thing is 
we were our whole rallying cry was because that ship burned down because the Spanish burned our ship. Well, what I learned in this history class is it wasn't the Spanish that burned the ship. It was the Americans that burned our own ship for justific and we used that as justification to go to war. Those right? bastards. Yeah, I know, right? We got <laughs> But but it's like that's that's messed up and unless you actually question what you were told, there's no way that you can actually figure that out. You would you wouldn't know. You would just believe what you were told. Um but the thing that I'm kind of worried about with that is I think about a lot of the the um conspiracy theories like flat earth, right? Um, I used to think Flat Earth was a very good case study for sound logic, but um, incorrect assumptions. And now I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about at this point. But whenever I first heard about it, I thought it was very interesting because a lot of the logic was kind of sound, right? I'm not a Flat Earther, right? But (laughs) I have to just disclaimer, I'm not a Flat Earther. But like... um, at the time, it wasn't mainstream. I don't. They didn't have conventions. This was back in like 2014 whenever I first heard about them, and I was like, "Oh, like that's ridiculous." Uh, but I can see how they would get to that assumption. So I just wonder, whenever you're fact checking, how do you know that the information that you're actually seeing is correct, and it's not just the other side's propaganda, right? You don't. That's. That's what's dangerous, <laughs> you know? Well, I I guess we're flat earthers, boys. Yeah, right? <laughs> because I, um, the other day I ended up, like, getting sick, right? And I'm sure you, this happens to everyone, right? You get sick and then you're like, what is it? And then you go on WebMD and it says you've got cancer, right? You've got, <laughs> you've got 24 hours to live. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous because you don't know if that's true. Or you'll look it up and it'll, it'll say, this is a remedy for it. So it's like, if you if you eat acorns, it will cure your cancer, right? And then the next post will say, if you eat, if you eat acorns, it will make your cancer a thousand times worse. Like, there's contradicting information. And it's like, I don't know what's actually true anymore. But... Um, Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> like... One, one thing that I have thought about, because there's a couple different websites that are good for fact-checking. Like, I know Snopes is a really good one for um, political information. They'll actually say, like, all right, this is true, this is not true. And sure, a lot of these things, they start off, they're good, they're pure. But how long is it going to take before they are now trying to push their agenda? Well, yeah, and that's you know. a big thing. Because whenever you fact check something, and usually usually it's it's uh, people on the left fact checking things that are false on the right, mm-hmm. and then and maybe I mean I would say this is maybe more indicative of the older generation who didn't grow up with the internet. They they don't have kind of like the um, I don't I don't think they have the what's it called the we as young people who grew up with the internet we're kind of skeptical of things we see on the Mm -hmm. internet because it's like well i mean 
we we have dealt with trolls because yeah. the the person the per the random person will think okay why would anyone spend you know an hour of their time making this long post if it wasn't true right like this yeah. would, that would just be crazy but we know there's people who do yeah. that we know sometimes they have agendas and sometimes they're just trolls and they like to see how many people they can dupe and fool and so sometimes, like you fact check them, and and like your your great aunt, like Esmeralda, is basically like you say, no, Esmeralda, this isn't true. And it's like, well, of course, that's what they would say. They're also part of like the enemy, yes. right? They're also part yeah. of you know the left or like like. And so, Those I mean, damn liberals. <laughs> <laughs> I th I think there's I mean there's a to your point we we all have biases and journalism super lends itself to bias right like it's yeah. all it's all spin and even even in the way we say something is true or not true partly true it's very vague right and it lends mm -hmm. itself to uh like a value statement of what we think is grossly negligent in saying something while someone else might see like, Oh, that's kind of like picking. It's like, mm -hmm. this is kind of a true statement, but maybe you're just kind of nitpicking it. Right. And so I think yeah. that, yeah, that can come out that biases will and has come out. I'm sure we could find examples of it, but yeah. to your point, like we, it's, it's a depressing it's it's a great time to be alive, but it, it's depressing in a in a way because it's hard to know what's true even when we have uh, all this information. We should, I feel like, know like more than our predecessors, but sometimes it feels like we know less because there's so much misinformation out there. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I know we were talking about North Korea um, earlier, right? And we always joke that they're crazy, but I've heard about, I, I ended up kind of looking into some of like their propaganda and they're talking about how they had to defend their homeland from the Americans, right? They hate us. They hate us. Right. Yeah. Like, um, but they had to defend their homeland from the Americans. Like, and like the Americans did all these things. And I, I remember like kind of looking some of those things up and it's like, that was true. Right? Like, I see, like, oh, this is true. And it's like, okay, sure, they're extorting it. They're, like, kind of making it bigger than it seems, right? Um, but it's like, I just, I don't know. There's, like, a little bit of truth to a lot of different things. And I guess I was bringing this up just because it's, like, an example of this. Uh, I don't even think it's a good example of this one. <laughs> um, but, but one thing I, I was thinking is... Whenever something is true, I feel like that is whenever we have to check it. We have to double check it, you know, because I know I find myself, I see something um, and I think, oh, that's true. And I'll, I'll like pretty much just accept it. But like if it's something that's like a contradictory opinion, I, I feel like it's much, I'm much more likely to actually fact check it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I I think about North Korea like it's easier for us to say to 
And and another thing, it's like we have we have our own North Korea propaganda, right? Obviously, they are they are kind of objectively kind of unstable, right? When it comes yeah. to their nuclear policy, when it comes to their economy, they're they're dealing with the outside worlds. Um, I mean, I mean, so do we. <laughs> uh, yeah. America has had those issues in the past too, and some of those issues now. But but yeah, like maybe we have done things to traumatize them, and instead of you know making fun of them, oh like I can't believe they're so crazy. Well, you know some some of us had a part in making them that way, and yeah. maybe we should have some compassion and understanding of how how they feel like they're on the defensive against us. But but another reason why like I think that like you know jokes is like making these satire making these jokes it's the destruction of nuance right we can't come to the table with like compassion and understanding we just we have our opinions and we're we're gonna stick to them right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's that's gotta be that's gonna be a hard thing to change because I know whenever I, I'm in conversations with some people, there is, like, even in this, like, in this podcast, right? Like, there's there's thoughts that I have, and, like, I I truly believe that they are true. And it's, like, even questioning them to think maybe it's not true is a very difficult thing. I mean, this goes back to the dogs, right? Yeah. Should we eat dogs? Gut feeling? No. Mm-hmm. easy but maybe let's talk about it and get past the social stigma and see all the nuance behind it right um yeah it's certainly not popular but i think it's needed like in else that in order for us to have a healthy concept of you know sussing through these conspiracy theories these political climates to see like I mean how should we go forward um, we can't just keep you know insulting the other side there has to be some sort of moderate community that comes together and gets stuff done yeah I, I like not... how I like how all of our uh, topics have kind of interwoven together too in interesting yeah. ways I, I didn't think they would me neither <laughs> <laughs> But it actually kind of worked out. Yeah. No, that that might actually be that might actually be a good place to stop it. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, yeah. So I passed we passed the question off to you guys. What do you guys think about some of these topics? What are your opinions? Let us know in the comments. Like it if you found it interesting. Um, subscribe and there'll be more. Uh, but. If you don't think you're going to check it out, don't subscribe because it messes us up with the algorithm. So <laughs> subscribe only if you're going to watch the videos. And um, and if you didn't like it, if, if you disliked it, tell us why you didn't like it. If you got this far, yeah. maybe you already bumped out this thing. But, but we truly <laughs> do want to know, like, this is not this is not an echo chamber or else we'd be hypocrites, right? Tell us what you think. Tell us why you hate me personally. Um, 
Uh, but no, thanks guys for watching and we'll see y'all next time.